it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. Thank you very much for listening, first of all. My name's Charles. Danny is here with me. Um, have you recovered from Monday night yet, Danny? I think so. I think I've calmed a little bit now. I'm a bit more mellow today than I was on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible Monday night, wasn't well, it? It wasn't the best. No, I think we can we need to move on quickly from that. So but uh we, I think we, we all got our, our venting out of the way, so that was good. Um and we finally got yeah. our sweary pod, so <laughs> you did finally get the sweary pod. Yes, that is right. Yeah. Uh, well, you say about moving on quickly, and luckily we do have the chance to do that. Accrington Stanley. On Saturday, um, that is our next game. Um, we've got Accrington fan Josh on the line with us, who sadly won't be coming down to Sixfields due to 2020. Um, but otherwise, would have been looking forward, I, I presume, to a, a nice journey down the M6 and uh, maybe a couple of drinks in TGI Fridays or something. How are you, Josh? You okay? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I've just had You're terrible flashbacks to that TGI Fridays trying to get a pint in the past, so <laughs> maybe we've dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah, <laughs> you probably have. We've got actually um, our 
bar that's actually in the stadium, uh, Cars Bar, which is at the front of the concourse, uh, before you go in, that now accepts away fans for matches where there's no real rivalry between the teams. So you'd actually be able to come in there. I'm not saying the service would be any quicker for you. (laughs) But you'd be able to come in and you wouldn't have to be haunted by that particular chain on the other side of the road. Uh, So, yes. Um, I understand you've just started your own podcast for Atkinson Stanley. Yeah, we have. Um, So, for the last couple of years, I've been running a, well, a fanzine called Raw Milk. Um, And we've had a few editions out sort of over the last couple of years. And it was just over lockdown, really, where... Um, I just thought to myself, you know, Stanley don't really have a home-based sort of podcast that's committed to everything Accrington Stanley. So I thought, why not take the uh, take the plunge and give it a go? So we recorded last Friday, and the first one's going to come out tomorrow. Um, so fingers crossed. I don't, I'm not really sure how it's going to be received or viewed at the minute. So everything's just a little bit up in the air. Well, look, you know, if it's anything like ours, then it will just be received with good grace and everyone will just be really happy that they've got more content to listen to about their football club. To be honest, that is the one thing that everybody loves about. We love creating this one because we get to talk about the cobblers. Um, Sometimes we don't actually enjoy talking about the cobblers (laughs) on it, but it always helps us to sort of vent or get our frustrations out. And it also, like back in June, allows me to go live on Facebook and drink neat gin. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's a really good way of, of actually... You know, especially now, while you can't go to the matches and then you can't go for a, you know, a, a post-game pint with your mates and to really talk about the game and go through and talk about how crap the ref roll it was and all of that sort of stuff. Doing the podcast does actually kind of replace that for us this year um, in a way, which is which is really good. And then it's also helped with the listeners as well. So I, I'm sure it will go down a right treat with all those Stanley fans. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. How long have you been supporting Accrington? Uh, forever, really. So I, I'm 25 uh, now. So I've been going on. My first game was somewhere around the late 90s. I can't. I can't exactly remember when it was, um, but way back in the doldrums of sort of seventh tier football. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my family are uh, Liverpool fans, really. Um, and I was mm-hmm. just taken on the Stanley by my granddad, who was always a bit of a non-league fan. Um, and just got the bug from there, really. Um, just something about the idea of it being, you know, my town, and you know, it's it's not the the razzle dazzle of the top division, but something really chimes with me about sort of my town against your town. And um, it, mm. I just got, yeah, like I say, I got the bug very early on, and it, it it's not really stopped. So I'm a little bit addicted. There's not many of us. Um, there's probably a core of about maybe 40 on a good day, sort of young men around my age, maybe 18 to, we'll give them 35 that are in that zone. But yeah, we we have been brought up through the non-league days and um, and stuck with it, yeah. So what, what's that like now then? Because obviously, Agrington have been in the Football League for a, a number of seasons. Um, a lot has been talked about in the past year, especially what with the like of Berry going bust and, and obviously AFC Berry then restarting in the non-league. I was listening to, there's a podcast by the BBC, um, which is really good, that takes you through kind of what happened from the moment that Berry were kicked out with the Football League and all the way through until I think it was their first game of the season. And they talked to a lot of people from a lot of different places about 
non-league football. And it's essentially because they're wanting to explore the differences and how it's going to feel as Berry fans stopping being supporting a league club and, and starting to actually go and watch games, you know, where they can drink right there on the side of the pitch where there's probably not too many seats available. Um, and also there's that thing of, of course, that Barry probably will take, uh, you know, two, three, maybe even four times the amount of fans to an away game that the home team will actually have watching them. Um, you've done this the other way around then, coming up from non-league. Has it changed? Do you hark back to actually thinking it was better back then or is it not? What, what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I think I think it would be harder from from for example from like a Bury's point of view going the other way. I think it's a tough question that because it reminds me of a quote from I think Noel Gallagher said you know with Man City that he really enjoyed the times when they were in the championship and fighting relegation and he sort of romanticized them times. I think it's quite similar for Stanley. What we've seen is over the certainly the last 5 years when we've had Andy Holt come in and buy the club. Um, he's given us that little bit of financial stability that, to be honest, even for the nine, ten years that we had before him in the Football League, we never really had before. Um, and with that financial stability has, has come just simple things like the ability to offer players two-year contracts, which was just a completely foreign thing to Stanley in the ten years that they were in the Football League before Andy Holt. Um, so I'd be, if I'm honest, yeah, I do look back at those times when I'm, you know, 14, 15 and I'm watching a team battle at the bottom of League Two with absolutely no money and getting probably less than a thousand people through the door, but lying through the Tannoy system and saying we're getting more. Do I romanticise <laughs> that in my head? Yeah, probably. Would I have it back tomorrow? Absolutely not. No, I'd much rather be in League One. Um what we've seen from an Accrington point of view as well is that just going up that extra division and introducing teams like Sunderland, I know that Portsmouth were in League Two for a long time, but you know having them in League One for, for a, a long period of time, what we're seeing is for a town like Accrington being so small, it's actually making a big difference around the town as well. You know, little businesses like pubs, um, chip shops, taxi services, things like that. It's actually, the football club has sort of become the heartbeat of the town over the last five years. And it's been a really, really positive thing for that. So, yeah, I do look back at those times and it's a part of being young and sort of enjoying myself. But no, I'd much rather be where we are now. I think that's very honest and, and, and fair assumption. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine going and supporting a non-league club in the way that I support Northampton. You know, they, they have always been my team. We've we've gone close to the precipice of going out of the Football League on a number of occasions that, since I've been supporting them. And it does fear me with dread a little bit. But I have been to non-league games. My local team to me, Warrington Town, I've watched them play a, a number of times. Um, I used to go and watch Rawnstown when I was still living in Northamptonshire. You know, and, and it was quite... I don't know. I don't know if romantic is the word. I've never really got it as being, you know, anything different. It's just a, there's a lot less people watching the games. Um, there's less kind of rules in terms of, you know, being inside the ground. 
the fact that you can, you know, essentially when you're in there, go to Warrington, for example, you can pretty much go and have a fag wherever you want to. You can drink wherever you want to. Um, you can go out, come back in, doesn't matter. Um, all of these sort of rules that we're used to going into a, a football league stadium just don't, you know, they just don't exist. Um, but for me, it's the only real difference. You, the, the fans are still just as passionate. The football is still, you know, competitive and is still good to watch. Um, I, I just don't really get the whole sort of romanticising of it. But I wonder if that's simply down to the fact that I've never really experienced it at that kind of level. What, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely that connection between the fans um, and the players more in, at that level. You can, you're only a couple of yards away from the players at that point and you, you feel like you can go and have a bit more of a laugh there, I guess. I'm not saying it's less serious, but I feel like there's there's definitely more camaraderie between the players and the fans and stuff like that. Um, so you, and I've known people who have supported clubs that have dropped out of the league and gone into non-league that have just actually enjoyed it quite a lot. We were saying about Oxford City last week and how, and we've watched it as well from the pre-match and stuff, how close the club is to the community there. And it feels like Accrington at the moment have, have still gotten there, kind of building that up a little bit through the leagues. I don't know what you think, Josh, but it, it does feel like since Andy Holt's taken over, it's become more, like you're saying, a part of the community rather than just a club in the middle of the town kind of thing. It absolutely has. Um, we've seen that with this week. They've 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 started an annual shirt giveaway to young children in the community. I think every year three child in um, in the Hyndman area gets a shirt now, which is a free shirt from the club. You know, and it's just little things like that where I think honestly, sort of fifteen years ago, ten years ago, if if you'd have asked a lot of people in the town about the club and what they thought about the club, if they if they weren't fans it would almost be a negative thing. It would be everything, you know, once a week in the paper, it'd be people mourning about this, people mourning about that. I think that what, what Andy Ol and what his, his re- regime almost, if you can if you can uh, call it that, that's got negative connotations, but um, <laughs> his, his team, should I say, um, what they have been able to do is, is sort of get people in who understand... Just, just I guess, understand marketing and things like that a little bit more and have been able to do those things where they're sort of showing the community that, and I think people are coming to understand that, you know what, it is, it is the heartbeat of the town. And if you, take, if you take Stanley out of Accrington, you know what, in these tough times as well, through austerity and things like that, there's not much more else going on for it. It keeps the town on the map in a lot of ways and it's taken a long time for people to sort of sit up and realise that. But bit by bit, you know, year by year, it is growing. And in 10 years' time, we'll have had, what, 13 lots of school children with their own Stanley shirts. And if only, if only like 10% of them come to the games in the future, the club will can stay on the, on the, on the right path that it's on now. So, yeah, long may that continue, really. What's your impression or your thoughts and feelings about Andy Holt a lot of good stuff is said about him and he's very open and honest on social media um he's probably up there him and Darren McAntony are probably the two most vocal chairman in the whole of the football league um we'd obviously favor Andy Holt just because of our association with Peterborough and basically don't not wanting to have that association with them um I mean, he, he comes across as a really good egg. 
how is he actually looked at from by Accrington fans? Because a lot is said by fans of other clubs about him, but obviously you're closer to it than we are. Yeah, I think overly. But I mean, if you look at his track record from simply what he's done for the club, you can't really fault him in any, in in any of that. Um, he's given us a new stand. You know, it's just it's just little things as well. I mean, I don't know Northampton. We played. I think we played each other for the last time five years ago, didn't we? Honestly, I'd, I'd say if you were coming to us this season, and hopefully that might still happen, the whole experience, I would say, is just just that little bit more polished where it's still the stadium still holds its heart and it still holds that sort of traditional feel, but the toilets are nicer. I don't know if have you ever made the trip to Stanley? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The toilets. Yeah, a of times. Oh yeah. Well you'll remember the toilets <laughs> then. Um so just little things like that. Just that little bit of a polish and that professionalism in terms of what it what the club offers for an experience, you can't really fault him for that. And especially with what the team has gone on to do as well. He's backed John Coleman, which I think John Coleman has worked miracles in the past on a shoestring budget. He, he still works on that shoestring budget, but for him to be able to offer offer players, you know, that little bit longer on the contract and say, listen, we're a viable option for you now and we can sign a, th- a two-year deal with us and if you do well then we can sell on and the club can do well from it that's unheard unheard of really and what that comes from is Andy Holt's business now he's a he's a local fella he's he's from Burnley um self-made uh multi-millionaire who's done really well from his businesses so from a business point of view purely y- you know he, like I say you can't fault him in terms of what he does on social media and things like that I mean I think at times he's probably a little bit too outspoken. Um, but mm. that's just my own personal opinion. But like I say, who am I to judge what he's done? Um <laughs> if if it was another if it was another club's chairman who was doing that and our chairman was a silent sort of meek and mild person, I'd I'd probably say, Well, I wish we had a chairman like that. So he pr- he probably he probably encapsulates the feeling of the club. He's He's very, very shrewd in his dealings. Um, from what I hear, you know, if anyone messes him around, he tells them to get on the bike pretty quickly. So I think he's a man who knows what he wants and he's taken Stanley to his heart and he's done wonders for the club, really. And he, he's putting, he's putting, he's building bridges and putting things in place where the club will be on a very, very much stronger footing in 10 20 years time when if he you know if he's gone so yeah he, to summarize that that's a long-winded way of saying yeah i can't really fault anything that he's done is he probably a little bit um trigger happy on twitter yes probably he did he did have um he did have a bit of time off twitter recently but i think he's i think he's got um bored of having nobody to argue with or give him plaudits <laughs> so he's um, he's come back on so yeah you mentioned John Coleman. Uh, uh, I think he's now the fourth longest-serving manager in England. This is his second spell, I think, isn't it, at Stanley? Yes. Um, yeah, also he's brought you up and he's taken you to the league title in League 2. Was it 93 points, was it, you ended up with in League 2? Oh, something like that, yeah. It was yeah. ridiculously high. Yeah, not quite 99, but, you know. <laughs> not quite yeah <laughs> we'll give it to you uh, yeah so I remember like that season you went on a mad run of about like after Christmas wasn't it you went like one after about 15 games or something 
um, of the last 20 or something like that. There was a crazy run to get title. But how important is he to the club? Do you think, like, how do you feel about his future? Is, it, is he going to stay for, like, to the end of his career, do we think? Or do, do you kind of have a fear about what happens to the on-pitch stuff when he, when he does eventually leave? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think if you'd have asked me sort of, I mean, you say he's the fourth longest serving, you know, his initial run with the club was in, he first came to us in 1999. So if he hadn't just had that sort of year out where he, where he went away, he'd be by far the longest serving. Um, the question about whether I think he'd stay, whether his career lies with Stanley until the end, my honest answer to that is yes. Uh, something clicks with people I think at Stanley we see players like Sean McConville who's been with us in two spells now who always plays his best football with us and has really gone on to do things that he never looked like doing as a player I think John and his assistant Jimmy Bell as well I think they realise that what they've done at Stanley and the relationship that they've been able to build with the fan base over uh, what is it uh, four promotions in 20 years and really handing the town league football again, I think they they realised that that is something that they would, they definitely wouldn't get anywhere else. And I think if you look at the footballing climate, I don't, I don't know what the average lifespan of a manager is now. Is it something ridiculous like ten months? Um, yeah, probably two weeks, that. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So I think it's I think they realise that what they've got here is a good thing. They've just been given new contracts as well, and I think. To be fair, even if we, I think even if we were relegated, I think that they'd stick with them as well. So I think they've got a, a unique relationship both with the fans and the chairman at the minute, simply because of the amount of time that they've been there. Um, and I think it would take something very, very special on the table for them to turn away from that. And as well, the first time that they left us, it was for Rochdale, which at the time was a more viable option than us, was a more secure option for them, and it came back to bite them. So I think they'd be wary of that as well. Uh, in terms of what I, do I fear for the football when John and Jimmy do eventually leave, I guess the answer to that would be yes. Um, when they left the first time around, we got Paul Cook in, who's obviously gone on to bigger and better things than Accrington. Um, and we had, you know, just times where he steadied the ship a little bit. And then as soon as there was a glimmer of something new, he jumped ship straight away and went on to pastures new, which you can't really fault someone for. But I think I do fear for the football after they leave, simply because if anybody does well in the job, they're going to get snapped up straight away by another club. You're not necessarily. We've got security with John Coleman. I believe I look like a right idiot now if he if he decides tomorrow <laughs> that he's going to take a job, doesn't it? But I believe that there's a unique relationship there and one that probably now, when you if you look at if you say that he's been at the club 18 years, that's probably a relationship that a football club is never likely to see again in England. Mm. Kind of see it with you saw it with Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, didn't you? He went to Bournemouth originally, coming up through the. Playing ranks, then went to Burnley. It just didn't work. He's Absolutely, yeah. It's just exactly the same thing. Some clubs are just meant for people. And um, uh, Nigel Clough as well has had a couple mm -hmm. of spells at Burton, hasn't he? Yeah. And in fairness, he'd still be there probably, wouldn't he, if it wasn't for COVID? Because it's literally just his wages that caused him to yeah. to 
to leave for the good of the football club. But I mean, again, that actually shows you that there was that relationship there that Nigel Clough decided for the betterment of the football club, I'm going to resign. That yeah. way they don't have to pay me off. They don't have to keep paying me. All of that can be sorted. They get to keep you know, the money that they'd be giving to me for my wages. I'll go get another job somewhere else, which he has done, I think, this week. Mansfield. Um, yeah. yeah, and, you know, therefore, you know, w- w- that wouldn't happen if he was at another club. M- maybe if he was Derby or somewhere or Forest, you know, just because of the relationship he probably has with that because of his dad. But in terms of, you know, any other manager, they're not going to do that. They're not likely to do that. Um Let's talk about this season, Josh. Um, I mean, this is your third season in League One now, so that must feel like you've established yourself in this division. Um, last season, you finished 17th. Is that about the expectation again for this season? Does it still feel like you're punching above your weight? Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, to be honest, it felt like that more seasons in, more seasons in League Two. Um, <laughs> I think when we won the league in League Two, we were favourites to go down so it's nothing new uh, it does feel like we've established ourselves a little bit um, I think a lot of fans sort of sniggered when we did come up maybe we'd be a flash in the pan but I mean I, I always say this but and probably Stanley fans who might be listening to this probably roll their eyes but I always do say that I am the ultimate doubter when it comes to Stanley at all times mm. Um no, you know, as, and that's included this season as well. We didn't really add many. We didn't add any sort of known faces. We've got a lot of loanee players in this season, and I was looking around at teams that are usually around us in that area. Teams like Wimbledon, uh, MK Dons, who I thought had really added to the squads. So I, I was very, very fearful. But um, we've had an ultimately positive start again. Um, and like I say, I mean, looking at the table just today, I think we're still. Are we one point above you, but we've played four less? Yeah, you've played seven games, whereas we've played 11, I think. Um, I mean, your your league position, realistically, isn't actually honest. No, that's it's not a true reflection, really, of what you've done so far this season. You won four, lost three, no draws at all. As I said, actually, if you kind I worked it out earlier, I just sort of had a quick look at the table and I just sort of went, well, if you carry on with that kind of form where you essentially win one more game than you lose, I mean, you'll be in the top six. Yeah, I mean, that's a strange thing to say, isn't it? Um, (laughs) I was talking to, I I mentioned Sean McConville earlier. I was talking to him Mm. uh, in summer just for the, the fanzine. And he said that it's just like League Two. He he feels like the league is just like League Two in the term in terms of any team can beat anyone at any time, which we've seen. We've beaten Peterborough on the first game of the season. And mm-hmm. then we've got absolutely spanked by Oxford later on in the season, who haven't really had the best of starts. So I mean, it always feels funny, doesn't it, trying to preview a match um in this division for me, because I just think at any point there's, there's literally no gimmies, is there? And yeah. we, although we have had that positive start, you know, it's easy to look at those games in hand and think, well, that's 12 points there. But, you know, <laughs> football's a funny game and you'd be you'd be foolish to think that in these in these times, especially in the season that we're going in at the minute where 
I was talking to a friend of mine last week who who said he, he doesn't feel like the league will probably settle until around Christmas time just because mm-hmm. there's that much chaos and having no crowds, you know, for teams like Portsmouth and Ipswich is 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 going to be a massive thing for them. So the expectation would always be just to stay in the division at this stage, especially when you add to that the idea of financial uncertainty for not just our club, but for the for the football league at the minute as well. So yeah, I think we'd take 17th again, definitely. Okay, I think that's very fair. Um, we've already spoken numerous times. We, we take, you know, finishing above the relegation zone and that would be us quite happy for this season I think wouldn't it Danny yeah take 20th don't you now <laughs> like I said the other day yeah. keep the club alive keep the, keep staying league one and that's a that's a job done it's not gonna be pretty but I think that's the that's our expectations really that's it um well look both teams go into this game having lost in the first round of the FA Cup I did have a quick look at your highlights um earlier on Josh I mean the one thing that I kind of noticed was that, I mean, it, it was quite short highlights, so I, I couldn't really get a, a great picture out of it. But the one thing that I seemed to see in the early half of, of those highlights where it was more Accrington on the front foot in the game was it was that you seemed to go through your number 10, Pritchard, a lot with your attacking play. Is he going to be a player that the Cobblers need to be aware of? Yeah, Um he really is. I think that this year we lost Jordan Clark to Luton um, in the summer, who was who was has really been our most consistent player over the last two three seasons. Um, as well as that, Sean McConville, um, he he came back last month after limping off on New Year's Day. Um, so they they were both the wingers. Um, Joe Pritchard is somebody who signed with us last season, but was in and out of the side. You know, coming on as a substitute. This year, he's really been handed sort of the opportunity with 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 Jordan leaving and Sean being out injured to really sort of assert himself on the side. He's really done that so far this year. Like you say, if you watch the highlight reels, it's very, very rare that a, a move doesn't start with the number 10 on the ball. Uh, cutting on the inside, playing long diagonals, he's definitely one to watch, I'd say. Yeah, a very, very dangerous player. And, and Danny, you've picked out Dion Charles as well, haven't you? Yeah, he seems to have. Uh, well, he came in from Southport, I think, then he, a, a year ago, a year and a bit ago. Um, scored eight times last season. He's already scored twice already. Um, scored a cracker against Posh as well, which was quite enjoyable to watch <laughs> on the opening day. Um, how big is he? Does he does he play all the time? He looks quite like someone who would grab the ball and just do things with it, which would probably frighten us quite a bit, I'd think. Yeah, he's a funny one to watch, Dion, at, at times. Sometimes he, he can almost um he can almost sort of over overthink it, I think, with his first touch and it's 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 quite poor sometimes. But he is he is a little scrappy forward, a little old fashioned sort of striker. Like you say, he came in from non league last season, as well as Colby Bishop as well, who joined from Leamington. I think they were both coming from the, the National League North at the time. And yeah, he's like I say, he's hot and cold. In all honesty, so if if he's if he's on, he's very very much a danger. Throwing his weight around, snapping through tackles, um, using his momentum. But if he's like I say, if he's cold, sometimes he can be a little bit of a non-factor in a game. Um, 
So he is one to keep his eye on. I think you usually tell within the first 20 minutes of a game whether he's going to have any effect on it or whether he'll be subbed after 50 minutes to an hour. So that might be telling on Saturday. Now that's interesting. Um, we've got a few players that we often think that they should be playing. <laughs> Danny, I know what you were laughing at there. Um, yeah, um, we've got a few players that actually we think we, they, they should be starting it this season. They've mostly been on the bench. So players like Nicky Adams, who you would expect to be starting every single week. But whether it's a case of an injury or age maybe even creeping up on him, he, he's tending to come off the bench and do basically the opposite so um, to what you're saying Dion does for you guys um, I mean let's turn our attentions to Saturday then we always end the pod with some predictions um, Josh we'll come to you last for yours um, Danny what about you what are you what are you hoping for <laughs> I would say better than Monday night but that's not going to take a lot is it it's, it's one of those where you just we've got to bounce back somehow like there's got to be a performance there somehow because that was atrocious on Monday night, and you would think he's got him in early morning every morning this week, trying to trying to get him back on back on track. Um, but um, it's a difficult one this one because you always look at Acton and be really disrespectful. I think like a lot of fans will do this, the same thing, and just look Acton Stanley. There's three points in a home game, um, and after digging a little bit deeper, you start to think actually they've got it together as an established League One squad uh, club. So I think our danger is probably in being a bit too complacent, but I'm I'm hoping that after Monday night we might come out the blocks a little bit quicker, and I think if we can take the lead, then we'll be all right. If if we concede early doors, I think we're in big trouble. So um, I don't know if you wanted a prediction. No, yeah, I, I want an actual prediction, please, go, Danny. Yeah, I'm going to be positive and go for a, a cheeky one 0 We'll score in the first minute and then defend for <laughs> our lives. <laughs> Crikey, crikey. It's going to be fun. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm not very positive, I'll be honest, after the weekend. I think a draw will be a good result. Um, I will go... I'll go one all. I think I think we will score, but our defence is so leaky. I just don't think that it will take much for any side, let alone a side that that seems comfortable in this division and has some decent looking attacking players as well. Um, yeah, I, I, one all, one all. I'd be happy with a one all draw, I think. Um, Josh, that leaves the last word to you, the last prediction. What are we thinking? Hmm. Like, like I said before, I mean, it, it's, it's really a strange division to sort of put any, any sort of prediction towards, isn't it? What I think that we're coming off the back of three weeks off from COVID, and I think the team before the Tranmere game had trained twice. We did have a game last night, and we beat Barrow in the um, Papa John's Trophy. I think it's called now. It sounds a little bit ridiculous mm-hmm. saying that. Um, so, to be honest, we haven't did, we haven't drawn a game as of yet. Would I take one away from home? Just as we're sort of getting back into the groove of things, getting used to playing football again, getting match ready. Absolutely, we. We have players that can hurt any team. Like you've just said, we have real attacking quality and, and players that can do that individually as well. But we can also concede for fun at times as well. Um, I'll go for... Um, I'll, I was tempted to say a 2-1 away win just because we do love that scoreline away from home. But I'll go more conservative and stick with a one all as well. Okay. 
Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us, Josh. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I hope you enjoy watching the game on iFollow on Saturday. Um, hopefully it'll be better viewing than Monday night was for us. Thanks to Danny for joining me as well. And thank you for all listening. And we will be back on Tuesday uh, for our normal podcast, which hopefully, hopefully won't be quite as ranty and ravey as this week's one. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.